welcome to another episode of True Nature Radio. I'm Heiner Frühhoff. Lori Regan is away from the studio today, and we are talking about the importance of tongue diagnosis in Chinese medicine. Our guest today is Barbara Kirschbaum, one of Europe's most seasoned Chinese medicine practitioners, and she is talking to us from her home in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, she has written the Atlas of Chinese Tongue Diagnosis. That is, uh, among other things, her field of expertise. And we are very happy to have you on the program. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you. Um, let me just, for our listeners, tie this uh, topic of the tongue a little bit more to our previous shows where we had explored the way of ancient medical thinking, not just in China but elsewhere, that the human body is a microcosm that is intricately interlinked with the macrocosm of the universe as a whole. And uh, our dimensions and our functions inside of our body were seen as uh, direct reflections of these macrocosmic spheres. And in extension of this alchemical theory of the as above, so below, uh, then every part of the whole, every part of our body was again seen as a reflection of the whole of the body. So the eyes, the ears, the pulse, the nails, and particularly during the last 300 years or so, the tongue achieved an important status in the Chinese medicine diagnosis. And uh, since somebody who's looked at more tongues than all the rest of us, uh, what do you look for in a tongue when you ask the patient to stick out their tongue? Uh, thank you for this very nice introduction. I mean, just to remind listeners that the, the tongue diagnosis is just one part of Chinese diagnosis reflecting the whole. So what I look at when I ask a patient to extend the tongue is first of all the way the patient extends the tongue. So sometimes you'll find that people find it very, very difficult to extend the tongue. The tongue may look very stiff or dry, which gives me an indication of um, the state of the body fluids in a person. We also look at the tongue color, the tongue coating, and also at the shape of the tongue. So I try to, with the first look, try to understand how the bodily energy and fluids are distributed throughout the body. And for that, I pay extreme extent, uh, attention to the color of the tongue body. So for example, a very, very pale tongue body may denote that the body's chi is not producing enough blood or that people do not eat foods that can provide body fluids and blood to the body, or if you find a very, very red tongue, it often denotes that some person may suffer from heat or eat foods that are very hot in nature, like very acrid or sharp substances. So that will be my first glance. My second glance then really goes for the coating. There is a very, there can be a very yellow coating, a white coating. Again, that would denote how the body's chi is transforming foods that have been eaten, for example. So I look at the, so I look at very different aspects of the tongue uh, in many, many different glances to ascertain how bodily energy 
is produ- is transforming food and is creating fluids and blood, which in the long run nurture the spirit. Yeah, we should maybe mention uh, for our listeners, uh, particularly the ones that are not in the field of Chinese medicine, that uh, different organs reflect in different orifices and the mouth as a whole is considered to be the orifice to the spleen or the digestive system. And so, of course, you said it several times, is that particularly digestion and the metabol- uh, m- metabolism of food mm-hmm. and drink in the body is particularly visible in the tongue shape and tongue coating. Um, you also said very nicely, like when you <clears throat> look at the um, the tongue, it seemed from the way how you were describing it that there are very technical aspects of it where you look at one, two, three, the body, the color, the coating, etc., the shape, but it almost seemed also there was sort of a a sizing up of the character of the spirit of the tongue, um, just like how you would size up a person maybe when they walk in the room. Did I get that right? When I look at the tongue, I I look at the energetic biography of a person. So, you know, there are many ways in Chinese diagnosis to ascertain how the vitality of a patient uh, is working and what quality it has. And, And one way of doing this, which is a very simple way, it's just looking at the tongue, and it, it's just everything about it. It's a small shirt. It's a way that people sticking out the tongue. And, and I believe that you can see how people have used this vitality, this chi, and the essence in their lifetime to go through life. And chi uh, and essence really determine how people will heal and if people can maintain their health for a long time. So, yes, I, I look at it as a as a reflection of that person's physical as well as emotional or spiritual state. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you look for the coding, uh, looking for anything specific in the color, uh, do you look uh, at the tongue as a whole or you divide the tongue into a type of a map where you look at different regions in the, of the tongue that then reflect different body parts? I do all of it, really. Uh, I think very, very important in Chinese medicine is this idea that you have the energy, the fluids, and the blood, that they really nourish the spirit and give the base for the spirit to be housed in so that our spirit can return every night back to our home in a way. And so what I really look at the first time is all these ingredients for the spirit, our soul, to be nourished if that's there. And that I see in the whole color. And then to be more sure of it, I then start to work myself through the tongue from the top, which is often reflecting how the heart is nourished by blood and by energy. And I go down to the middle of the tongue, which reflects how our digestion is working. And then I look at the root of the tongue, which shows me how the drags, in, in a way, or, or the, the you know the remains of the foods are being transformed, and also reflect the energies of our life essences. So, so I always look at the whole, and uh, I never just look at one single part. Only when I have 
understood, well, the whole tells me I focus on specific things and the tongue, the tip of the tongue interests me in particular because the tip of the tongue reflects the heart, which is not the physical heart, but which is really the house for our spirit, for our soul. And very often you see changes in the shape of the tip, which can tell you of the suffering and of the state, of the emotional state people are in. So I do both, or I do all of it, which, which you suggested. Yeah, I remember distinctly uh, when uh, Laurie and myself listened to this spectacular lecture that you gave in Tel Aviv at a Chinese medicine conference there about uh, pathological changes in the tip of the tongue, particularly in trauma patients, which is another specialty of mm -hmm. yours. And you had this amazing collection of hundreds of different slides with the most bizarre changes, uh, unique uh, tongue tips, and had case histories that go along with it. Um, to make it a little bit more concrete for our listeners, maybe you can give, uh, tell us of a particular case and give a little bit of a story of that case and describe how that person's physical and emotional pathology was reflected in the tongue or particularly in the tongue tip maybe. Okay. Well, maybe for, for listeners to make it easy, there is actually a, a Western medical uh, defined tongue picture, which is the red tip of the tongue. You know, when the tip of the tongue is much redder than the rest of the body, which in orthodox medicine often denotes a vitamin B6 deficiency, which in, in women might manifest as uh, premenstrual tension, like irritability irritability before the period or tense to swollen breasts. Uh, and in Chinese medicine, we believe that the red tip of the tongue means that people through too much thinking, too much worrying, uh, deplete the energy of the soul or the heart of cooling and nurturing fluids, what we call the yin. And this, for example, will show as a red tip in the tongue. So you might have a classical case that a woman will tell you that three, four days prior to her period, she will suddenly experience night sweats, she will suddenly sleep badly, and she get very irritable. In Chinese medicine, this is considered to be heat that is irritating the spirit and the soul, so that's why a person can't sleep deeply. And very often you will find that the tip of the tongue is much redder. And so you can use this information for women in this case and say, look, don't drink coffee, which is heating and agitating the heart. Don't eat spicy foods. Don't eat a lot of meat. All these foods and drinks are very heating. And so you can help a person by such a small tongue sign, with very easy advice to get back into a balance. That will be an example. Another example will be sometimes, you know, I've had people who had great, great suffering through torture or through loss of loved ones, and they react through this trauma in their lives by becoming very introverted. You know, they cut themselves off social contacts. And very often the shows by an indentation in the tip of the tongue. Now, you look at a person's tongue and they have no tip. It's like retracted. 
And when you see that and they don't tell you about this, the tongue tells you that these people have lost strength and heat that nourishes the heart to go outside, and it shows by a retracted tip of the tongue. Yeah, so I can use the tongue to, to sometimes help people by suggesting what I see on the tongue and, and, and putting that into their lives, that it enables them suddenly to talk about what they have experienced and they come out and, and tell you about their suffering. Yeah, there is this concept that the Chinese call the orifice of the heart, um, which is um, this symbolic concept that, and there's even one or two books that have been written about that ancient worldview that the world as we see it is illuminated, not so much because it is there in its own right, but because the lantern of our heart is shining out from within and making the world real. And if that orifice that that light needs to pass through to illuminate the outside world is blocked by the Chinese would say phlegm or stagnating blood or smoke coming from heat, then our perception of the world as it is becomes warped, like in schizophrenics, for instance. And so there is this very important concept of removing impurities from the orifice of the heart so that we can see clearly and as a sensory orifice, the, uh, the, 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 that, that inner orifice, the ability to see clearly is reflected in the tip of the tongue is actually the, 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 um, the, called the orifice of the heart. And so uh, we have sort of a secret view by looking at the tip of the tongue at the state of somebody's heart orifice. Um, I'd like to say that, that also we ought to remember that the, the tongue is called the offshoot of the heart. And there are two aspects of it. There is that aspect Heiner just, uh, Professor Fuyov just mentioned, you know, that, that spiritual aspect. And also, which I always think of the heart as the ability to laugh and the ability for empathy. But there's also that very physical up aspect of the heart being responsible for circulating chi and blood throughout the body. So that's why the entire tongue color often also shows us about how the physical heart is circulating chi and blood. And which strikes me recently is treating a lot of young women with breast cancer. I find that very often, for example, in these women who have great worry about the, the, because of the disease and often they have children at home, they become, the tongue gets a bluish tinge, which, which uh, is, you know, the normal tongue is pale red. And suddenly, after the diagnosis and when they have chemotherapy, parts of the tongue also become very, very blue, which also is a sign of what Professor Furyov just mentioned for the heart chi being impaired, impeded, and not circulating blood properly, which is actually a real physical occurrence, which means women get shortness of breath, they get very tired, uh, they have a bluish skin coloration. But at the same time, this physical aspect also uh, reflects on the emotional and spiritual side because the heart now is not empty. All that blood cannot be moved properly and depression sets in because the physical heart is blocked. So in Chinese medicine, we can look 
at many different ways of how the heart or the fire energy and the soul is manifesting and the tongue really helps the practitioner to to find out on which level this is occurring. Yeah, Barbara, thank you for making that clear because I mentioned at the beginning that the tongue is obviously is part of the mouth and the mouth is reflective mm -hmm. of the digestive system. But because of this orifice of the heart connection there, the tongue and its ability to form words, not just the tongue's ability to taste food, but the tongue's ability to form speech, which can become impeded, for instance, in a stroke, mm. uh, which is one of the best examples other than schizophrenia, uh, how the orifice of the heart is blocked there, is that the, 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 the tongue as a whole then is a hologram for the state of the heart. So that is really, and that is why people sometimes are almost ashamed, I find that, uh, when you ask them to to stick out their tongue, it is like looking at a very intimate part of mm. themselves. I personally find that um, that people apologize that they haven't brushed their tongue that morning, or they feel mm. like they're revealing uh, a secret mm. part of their self. Um, and um, the you just mentioned breast uh, cancer, which is, of course, one of your specialties. Uh, you work in uh, as a Chinese medicine practitioner in a hospital that sees a lot of uh, women with breast cancer. And I remember my teachers in China saying, when I was younger, in the 1940s or so, they say there was no uh, cancer at all, almost. It was... Um, uh, whereas now it's as common as the common cold, and you say um, that the the um, breast cancer is um, now even showing up in young women. Is uh, why do you think that is? Does that have something to to do with the state of the heart or the heart mind and the emotions? Is that something you see mm. reflected in the tongue as well? Then. I think, um, you know, I quite agree with you. When I worked in, when I studied in China in the 90s and the gynecology department, I didn't see a single woman with breast cancer. Um, now in Germany, they expect every seventh woman, woman to contract this disease. I think one has to look at it in, in different ways. And I think you have to look at it in terms of age. I find that most of my patients are between 25 and 40 years old with breast cancer and they often have small children. In those women, I find there is a lot of exhaustion. So I don't, in, in that age range, I have found that women have worked, they have had their children or they have wanted to get a real career, they did sleep very little. I find the deficiency or the weakness of their vitality uh, quite strong. I was quite surprised to see that, that those young women are very exhausted to their, due to their very many functions they have in life. The older women, you know, women between 50 and 65, they have a lot of issues with their heart on the one hand, in terms of their emotions, they often have unhappy relationships or they regret not having done things they 
wanted to do to, in order to fulfill themselves. But in those women, I also see that they've had a lot of hormonal treatment. So amazingly enough, when I started out working in this hospital and I've now treated 300, over 300 women with breast cancer in this year, uh, I found I find that the heart uh, is not so much involved. It is involved later on once the diagnosis has been made, all the inspiration, the fear, uh, then you will find that there are a lot more issues of the heart. But initially, very briefly after the diagnosis, I find exhaustion, a very, very big point. I found that what we, in Chinese medicine, we call liver chi stagnation, anger or unfulfilled lives play a much greater role than I thought before. And I think also diet plays a big role. So about 30% of the young women I see are grossly overweight. I mean, they're between 10 to 20 kilos overweight, which means they've eaten a lot of sugar, a lot of dairy, produce a lot of fat. So I think it's a mixture of a lot of factors that may contribute to the disease, but not the heart, funnily enough, in my experience. Mm -hmm. And there's many different ways how we can translate this very deep concept of the heart into Western medical terms. Like uh, there's some of it is uh, uh, spirit, some of it is emotions, some of it is mm -hmm. mental function, and some of it is simply perhaps the physical aspect of hormonal activity, which is particularly so important in women. And uh, you keep telling us, um, which is also my experience, that hormonal changes in women, you can not only see that in the pulse and their symptoms, of course, but they do get reflected in the tongue, even though it is not immediately the more severe uh, kind of mental, emotional disturbance that comes mm -hmm. on only after the diagnosis. I, I think there, there's a very interesting doctor which, who in Chinese medicine called Xu Dan Qi, and, and he wrote about phlegm or mucus. Um, and, and I find that in a lot of the overweight women, we have a lot, you know, overweight in Chinese medicine is sometimes viewed as an, a gathering or an accumulation of lamb and, and he said in his treatise that when when there was stagnation in the in the in the circulation of chi and blood and you have phlegm when that contracts together uh, he said that forms a lump in the breast and and I must say I do that I do see that quite a lot in my practice yeah and Judan uh, Chi for the benefit of our listeners we should say is a a scholar physician from uh, almost a thousand years ago from the Yuan mm -hmm. dynasty uh, when the Mongols had taken over China. And uh, how specifically do you see the, um, give us an example, how do you see uh, lumps or in Chinese terms, this phlegm and damp accumulation? How does that look in the tongue when I look at that? Mm, I think that that when a lump forms, uh, and the Chinese didn't really differentiate between benign and malignant lumps, I think you have three aspects. I really do think you have phlegm, which which can be overweight, which which can be fat, but which just can just mean that your metabolism is not properly discharging fluids and they collect in the body. I think the second aspect is the so-called blood stagnation, and because 
heart rules, the circulation of blood indirectly, the heart as an orifice, as a, as a uh, tang, does play a role, so you have blood stasis. And I think what the third factor when the tumor starts to grow is a form of heat that is very, very aggressive. And I think when these three types of pathogens come together, it can promote the growth of matter, you know, from chi, there is a transfer, chi is, is something that is fluid, that is dynamic, that you can't see, you, you only can feel it, you know, it, does has, it has no form. But at one point, when this chi stops to circulate, it can transform into matter. And I think it happens through what the Chinese call toxic heat. And by that is meant, for example, anything that is heating the system, surplus of alcohol, uh, emotions, you know, thinking about things all the time, perfectionism, never being restful, never being peaceful, for example. It could also be viruses. Uh, one now knows that, for example, there are some carcinomas that are caused by the Epstein-Barr virus or lymphomas are caused by that or, you know, human papilloma virus for cervical cancer. So the Chinese believe that some viruses are hot and condense this material. And, and I believe that if you have these three aspects plus the weakening of your vitality, of your chi and essence, that can often trigger. So, you know, when I ask my patients, what, what's happened to you two years prior to, di- to your diagnosis? What do you think has contributed? That they always say, I've been very, very exhausted because my parents were old now to care for them or I had difficulty with my kids who were 15, 16, 17. Women say that a lot. Or there has been a separation from the partner. So once there was one other factor that's to do with exhaustion, I believe that then you have blood, stasis, phlegm, and the toxic heat is triggered and that forms the lump. I, 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 that's what I would say. And other than the purplishness in the tongue that you've already mentioned earlier, is there anything mm-hmm. else that would, uh, if you don't know that that person has a lump, anything in the coating or the shape of the tongue that would l- lead you then yes. to inquire, maybe there is a lump, what would that be? Yes, there are definite signs. Uh, I, there are definite signs. and I think they are underneath the tongue, which is there is a diagnosis called to the diagnosis of the veins under the tongue, mm-hmm. which is not a very old concept that's maybe... Uh, 30 years old now, and you have to be very skilled to undertake this diagnosis. I mean, one should not do it oneself. But there are definitely some signs when I see them. I do advise uh, patients to have ultrasounds or some medical examination to confirm or not confirm what I can see. And on that note, um, while uh, tongue diagnosis is something that's a very simple window into the whole of the body, and everybody can probably see something. It takes many years of experience to see something um, to a greater extent of detail. But uh, last question for today, is there anything specifically for our non-Chinese medicine practitioner listeners uh, when that would be useful to know. It's like, how can I just start looking at tongues of my children, my partners, my parents, my friends, 
and what uh you know as a what would be sort of the most basic thing i i could discern even if i'm not an expert or is that not advisable either yes i i think what's very important everybody can see quite easily it is a it is advisable or it would be good not to have thick yellow coating on the tongue. If you find you have a thick yellow coating at the center of your tongue, maybe at the root of your tongue, you very much recommend it to change your diet. This is very often a sign that you are taking too many rich foods or foods that are hard for your system to digest. I think that's very easy to recognize. I mean, it's yellow and it's thick. That's, that's very simple. And the other thing, your tongue should be moist and it should look fresh and vital. So if you have a dry tongue or very red tongue or very cracked tongue, it might be advisable to see a practitioner of Chinese medicine and seek advice. And the third thing, the tip of the tongue we've been speaking about a lot should not be red. If it is red, it might be advisable to meditate, to do qigong and tai chi because the red tip of the tongue denotes maybe that your life is a little bit too stressful. Barbara, that is a perfect ending. Thank you so much for being uh, a guest on the show and joining us from far away here. If you would like to know more about uh, Barbara Kirschbaum's uh, prolific work, start with the Atlas of Chinese Tongue Diagnosis, and then there are many, many, perhaps hundreds of conference recordings of her fabulous lectures on various aspects of Chinese medicine, including trauma and cancer and other uh, interesting topics. If you are interested, as always, in pursuing or thinking about natural medicine, especially classical Chinese medicine as a career path, go to the website of the National College of Natural Medicine, ncnm.edu, I'm Heiner Frühoff. Thank you so much and bye-bye.